Coming up on the Naughtiest Naughty. What was going on? Was ever did everybody just give up on releasing stuff because Atomic <laughs> Kitten were just owning everything? <laughs> Daft Punk's One More Time has been Liam's series winner for a record-breaking six weeks. One more time. What am I like? And I feel like Scott almost dropped JLo last week after two weeks. Uh, in favour of Papa Roach but he didn't and Love Don't Cost a Thing is still his series winner So what are we doing here on the Naughtiest Naughty Podcast? Well we are going through every single top 10 single of the Naughties decade looking for the ultimate pop track we don't know what that means nope. we're figuring out as we go yeah. it could be that it's just the fact that it was like top of the charts for quite a long period of time Mm. it could be that somebody broke through from America and only got to number 9 but actually that song is better than anything that was a 9 weeker at number 1 so we're going through them all we're seeing how they've aged we're looking at lyricism we're looking at production we're looking at social impact and every week we choose an episode winner and then we have a winner stays on approach to the series winner so currently we've got two big ones on the go Mm, yeah it's funny you mentioned number 9 because there is a number 10 this week that I hadn't heard heard before it's got like a bit of a latin flair to it. it's got a bit of a dancey edge uh-huh. i was like i'd love it if a track that was number 10 was one of our winners i think that would totally throw everyone off guard nobody would, would expect this to pick like a number 10 yeah actually do you remember what love don't cost a thing got to because it wasn't a it wasn't a big performer within the chart it was a number one was it a number one it was number one it yeah. was a number one it yes. was number one it was her her singles before that hadn't been number ones and everybody kind of thought then from this point jayla was a big deal ah mm. you're right uh-huh i think mine was a two or a three daft punk <laughs> liam's got a number two <laughs> very funny uh let's get straight into your voice notes because there's been so much stuff coming in this week emails and comments as well uh if you want to get in touch with us all the information is in the description of this podcast and we'll let you know again at the end as well well, first off, we'll get a voice note from Regan Gardner. Hi, Liam and Scott. I just want to say, firstly, how much I love and appreciate the work you guys are doing with this podcast. I mean, just let me talk about Y2K, Naughties. Oh, just love it so much. Just hit me right in the childhood. Now, this is the first voice note I'm sending you guys. And in an ideal world, I would have liked it to be about something that I was very passionate about, you know, like a great Britney tune, something like that. But I just wanted to add a little bit more to the discussion about Baha Men and Who Let the Dogs Out. And I know you said that it was based on a cover, which, yes, that's absolutely true. But it turns out that it goes so much deeper than that. It's like a cover of a cover of a cover. It's insane. It goes so far back. It goes all the way back to the 80s, I think, and um, crowds chanting things at a a sports match, something like that. And uh, I found that information out because I listened to a a single podcast earlier this year, which was just literally about the history of that song. And it's kind of crazy to think how far back that goes when it's, you know, a a song that I think many of us would just consider like a one-hit wonder and um, a novelty record. So yeah, I thought you guys might be interested in that. And um, I'll be in contact again soon and love what you're doing. Thanks. A new A19Z. (laughs) A new A19Z in the club. Love it. Uh, Thank you very much, Regan, for that. 
yeah, Who Let the Dogs Out has got such a rich history that we didn't, <laughs> we, just, we just couldn't fit it all in. Yeah. Um, who thought a song that kind of will be seen by so many as quite disposable and flimsy uh, has actually lived more of a life than both of us combined, Scott? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Who'd have thought that there too? So thank you so much to Tabby for her email. She says, hi guys, hardest week yet. There are so many songs from this week that remind me of good memories that as soon as I saw the name, I sang it out loud. For you two, stuck in a moment is one of the earliest songs you remember from her childhood. Uh, her mum is such a huge U2 fan. Mm. Atomic Kitten Hole again is a song she can remember singing all of the time. Uh, and Weedus Teenage Dirtbag is just iconic. Mm. Uh, but after much deliberation, the nostalgia winner goes to Atomic Kitten. We all love the Garth Southgate party. Come on, guys. <laughs> and I think my episode winner is Papa Roach with ah. Last Resort. Uh, and like Liam, this was never my kind of music when I was at school. But all my friends happened to love the style of music and it stuck in my head, along with MCR and Power. More mm. and all these years later, uh, which is why it's just a big episode winner and her current series winner. Whoa! Ooh. Ooh. I love a fresh series winner. Really, really great. Thanks, Tabby, for letting us know about that. If you've got a series winner so far, do let us know what it is. We're very curious and keen. I've seen not just one spreadsheet this week, but I've seen another one as well. I've seen two different spreadsheets this week that we've got listeners who are doing them. First of all, Andrea and Lewis got in touch to show us their amazing spreadsheet. Now, I had a quick look at it, and um, Blink-182 was Lewis's series winner until last week. So that's quite a long run at, at series winner from that's like brutal. the start of 2000, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But then last week... Papa Roach came along and knocked them off. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable scenes. This is very, this is very fulfilling that we've kind of made the right episode winner decisions. I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think so. Now the controversy here comes in the fact that Andrea didn't pick a winner last week. She couldn't pick, oh. and Lewis has essentially disqualified her from the competition. <laughs> now I don't want to disqualify anybody. I think everyone should have a fair chance. But you've got to make. We got to make a decision in a split second, haven't we, Scott? We've got to make them on the spot. Yeah. We don't have a long think about them because we do the episodes. Then we have to pick a winner within like within the next few minutes of ending it all. So come on, Andrea, pull your finger out. You've got to get a winner. Let us know what you've picked. And Lewis, don't disqualify her just yet. Give her one more chance. One more chance. Andrea's totally hoping for something this week that just completely skewers her and makes it really easy, isn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also from Pick a Disc on Instagram, he made it very clear last week that he's not a fan of Limp Biscuits rolling, uh, but he's a big fan of Papa Roach Last Resort this week. So. Ooh. Yeah, both new metal tracks, both very, very different though. Both cl- climbing different sides of the social ladder, you could say, possibly. Yeah. This is where everything changed, all this Papa Roach stuff and Weedus stuff. Everything started to twist here back at this era. Mm. Kevin Slight on Facebook said he has to give it to Atomic Kitten this time around. Mm. And uh, Rhea Go on Twitter says, wow, Atomic Kitten, I cannot forget the tide is high. Yeah, that'll be, that's a few years away, mm-hmm. but it's a, quite a respectable cover of Blondie. Yeah, I rate that. Uh, thank you to Nick Rainey on Twitter, who says, Planet Funk's Chase the Sun is still one of the all-time greats can't disagree and uh, Mark from Glasgow on Instagram says one of my all time favourites I have the promo CD <gasps> in storage of Planet Funk's Chase oh, the Sun hashtag tune that's exciting imagine having that orig- that. Oh, that's, a, that's a great bit of uh, music history that isn't it really yeah and actually I've had an earworm all week and one that's been stuck in my head and whenever I've getting up in the middle of the night with my little boy every time <laughs> I'm up for too long and I try to get back to sleep one track keeps going into my head and there has been some love Samantha Key on Facebook has said Case of the X still gets loads of play on my Spotify I love it ah. and Sugar Babies on Instagram also loves Case of the X Matt on Twitter says Maya Case of the X why was she just a one hit solo wonder I don't know mm. hit the new version of Dance in the Moonlight as well the original should have been left as it is such a great song mm. and Megan Scott on Facebook said wow this week was a lot of chi- childhood memories might have to give it 
to Top Loader. Ah, that's interesting. I'm loving the Maya love. Yeah, I'm loving the Maya love. I une- une- uh, from from my point of view, quite unexpected. I'd never really witnessed her before, but um, yeah, she left an impression. I like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you to DNJ Karaoke on Twitter. They said they love Teenage Dirtbag, and they were lucky enough to be picked to sing on the 20 year anniversary reboot they put together. Wow, wow what an honour! Oh, that's class. That, that is a really hell good. of an honour. Peter Sullivan as well on Twitter, thanks to him because he sent us a link to what he calls the ultimate cover version of Teenage Dirtbag by the Ukulele Orchestra (laughs) of Great Britain. And I've watched it and it is absolutely fantastic. So do check it out. It's on YouTube. Search for that. It's brilliant. And finally, before we go into this week's episode, thanks to Tiffany Mitchell on Instagram who sums up what we're doing quite nicely here and just says, what a time to be alive. Oh, (laughs) I can't disagree at all. 2001 has been beautiful it's been ripe so far in terms of pop tunes hasn't it uh, it has and i need to hear some tunage right now so let's get into today's episode and on today's episode we're packed to the rafters with boy bands we've got a1 and backstreet boys on the return plus the first appearance of bb mac outcast and dido debut on the podcast this week but we also have to bid farewell to mel b oh boo and we also sneak in a one-hit wonder from Devlin morgan but before all of that so let's kick off the week commencing the 18th of February. It was good news for you two, Eminem and Steely Dan, who all picked up multiple Grammys this week. But it was bad news for UK agriculture, which was ravaged by foot and mouth disease. So not a great week for everyone, it's safe to say. But it was pretty good week for Jakarta and his track American Dream, which peaked at number three in the UK. a big beautiful sample so the song samples Thomas Newman pieces from the film American Beauty so you've got an actual track American Beauty and you've got one there dead already as well and it's just um, such a, an experience hearing these all put together because they're eerie they're beautiful they're euphoric all in the Jakarta version and it kind of just depends on the environment you're in and this the song's so versatile and if you're watching the film it is creepy Yeah. if you're in a nightclub it's euphoric it's so strange that you can go to different places with this one and that's like a real skill and I'd never realised until I've sat and done this analysis because I'm used to it on the radio or in clubs mm. less so than American Beauty because I think I've seen it three or four times in 20 years but yeah powerful powerful stuff here well I listened to it for the first time on the bus so <laughs> <laughs> my experience was I, I don't know somewhere in the middle of that not quite a nightclub not well I suppose it could be if you go at the right time of night yeah I mean I'd, I was, I've seen American Beauty the film and it's one of my favourite films it has been sullied for obvious reasons Kevin yeah. Spacey that's really 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 a kick in the teeth because I do love that film so much and um, his behaviour makes it all the more creepy but ignoring that and the, the soundtrack of American Beauty what an interesting soundtrack to pick to sample uh-huh. like it's such an interesting choice it was originally called American Booty the track <laughs> when it was in the you know in the clubs and the underground kind of thing but then they released it as a, uh, American Dream it's got those two big samples uh, actually funnily enough Jakarta does another track on the same album album with Seal called My Vision mm-hmm. which samples another Thomas Newman track from the Shawshank Redemption so he's got history when it comes to sampling films and I like that very much it makes me think about I want to hear more of that I think there's so many more films that you could pick the soundtracks from maybe we can try and think of some more films that could have their soundtracks turn into clubby tracks it's it's this is genius for me really really genius to combine the two tracks into one add some new layers to it 
Yeah, it's really exciting and mysterious. I really, yeah. really like it. Right, you've got a spacey and kind of like a, an ethereal vocal. You've got big wood all over the place in this one. Just wood, mm. wood, wood. Someone definitely gets their Glock out and I'm mm. all for that in this era. It's so, so good. But what I, what I kind of like about the whole thing, right, is there are... You've got two different options for music video, really. So going around on the music channels and stuff like that, you can see one which is kind of... It looks like a trailer for American Beauty, which is actually really creepy to watch when the song's going as well. Mm. But then you've also got the real dance music video, which is a little bit of a riot too. So the it's kind of my second favourite riot video after... Faithless, Faithless have a riot video. I think it's We Come One where they tip over a big Ford Transit police van. Mm. It's class. If you've not seen it, you need to go and watch it. But yeah, this one's dead interesting because actually what you see is you see in the middle of this kind of riot, a girl just be pretty much pure zen. And it looks like it's sort of like a metaphor from being able to chill out in the worst. It could be like a, a poke at mental health and be like, do you know what? Even amongst all of the hype, find some some downtime a little bit but i think it's just like beautiful a really creative adaptation and similar to you i kind of feel weird about it now because of kevin spacey but luckily you know thomas newman and jakarta have been so smart with it that i feel like i'm in a place where i can actually completely remove him from it yeah me too but you know if if it hadn't been as good as it was and the kevin spacey thing had have been you know the, the first thing you think of, it might have completely destroyed it for me personally. But yeah, I really like this one. Mm. I was very surprised to find out who Jakarta actually is as well. I thought, ooh, who's this mysterious Jakarta? It's um, it's Dave Lee, also Joey Negro, isn't it? Ah, it is, yes. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Or not Joey Negro anymore, as he's he's got rid of the Negro thing a few months ago. Mm. Didn't oh, he? fair he's, enough. He's yeah. changed yeah. things. But uh, yeah, big, big Davey Lee doing his thing. Really good stuff. Right, moving down the chart to number four. This is, well, it's a, it's a complicated one, this one, because it's kind of a debut, but it's also not quite a debut because she made it in America first, which is weird because she's British, but oh, this is Dido and her debut of sorts, uh, Here With Me. got released in the US in 1999 it then got its UK release in February 2001 it was the debut release of the album though Angel in America mm. but actually in the UK it was a follow up to Thank You and then by this point we've also just had Stan so yeah. it's really weird to think back to this actually but right Dido went from nothing to something pretty pretty fast mm. and I don't think there was always a joke about <laughs> Have you heard that dildo on the radio? <laughs> but there was, there was, she was a really quick name in like 2000 and 2001. She just shot to fame mm. pretty massively just for being so, so, so unique in the way that she she sings. And I was, I was like, oh God, there's a ballad coming. And I was like, I know it's Dido so I can stomach it and stuff. But actually, when I started listening to it, I squealed away to it. And then I just honestly was just taken back with how brilliant her voice mm. is. I just forgot really how good she is because you know, you'd hear it on like Radio 2 or something and you know you don't hear it with the best compression because the compression that spits out the songs on radio stations is to cert- for certain 
eras of people but when you like maybe stick it on youtube and you've got some good headsets and stuff mm. on and you hear it the way the production company wanted you to hear it it's a bloody good song it's a really really great song she wrote this the day after meeting her boyfriend she said it's the first song she wrote that was any good uh, it's a simple love song written in quite a dark time and there is a certain darkness to it isn't there there is and i actually think that this comes back to that whole thing we've said in series one where sometimes you can tell the best songs because if you sing them in an eerie voice mm. they translate creepily to you and that that's why they're good and that's why they're really strong writings oh this really does yeah, yeah it really does but I thought there's a I think there's a massive like open interpretation to it you know if you don't watch the music video because it doesn't necessarily really strongly reference him existing on, if you watch the music video if you watch the UK version mm. you see a, a, a guy so you know the crack but mm. this could be like about a relative in hospital that you're not getting to spend time with mm-hmm. it could be could be creepy about a missing child you know somebody that's gone missing years ago and you've not seen your child for years mm. and it could be a breakup so it fills loads of little voids here. It's one of them songs that, you know, if you're going through a rough time, it could be a breakup, it could be a death or something. This song relates to you and it gets you and it's probably one of the best ones to get the boo-hoos out. You know, if you need a good cry, oh yeah, just chuck yeah. this on and you probably will feel a bit better afterwards, to be honest. Well, I think in my mind, I looked at it through the romantic lens, I think just because the video kind of pushed it that way. Uh, I watched the American video, I believe, where she um, drops the entire cup of coffee on a sidewalk and a coat littering. Not not, not too pleased about that. But yeah, I like the... If, if you do choose to look at it through the romantic side of things, I think it's really, like, admirable how kind of desperately romantic it is. Mm-hmm. I think I like those songs that really do pour a lot into it and you can tell it's come from, like, a personal experience. I mean, she's someone that I have obviously always heard over the years but back in 2001 I wouldn't have given Dido a second look because it wasn't glitzy and shiny <laughs> like Steps and it wasn't glitzy yeah. and shiny like Bewitched or you know S Club or anything Yeah, it's the kind of thing you've had to you know now that now that we're doing this show and I'm all sophisticated and open minded about my music because uh, we're just you know elite music reviewers <laughs> I'm all behind it now and I think it's it, it's one of those things that comes with maturity and it just comes with being more open minded and being more but I mean, her, her voice is I wish we could talk about forever this is more than just a straightforward ballad because it's got like a trip hop feel to it it's kind of massive attack in some oh, yes. in some ways absolutely I think the verses have a real kind of confrontational unsettled feel and then when it slips into that kind of singer songwriter guitar vibes for the pre-chorus mm-hmm. and then obviously by the end it combines into all of them and it's just this really el- elaborate layered production with her weird hybrid Susan slash ethereal weird voice yeah it's 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 the complete package of of alternative yeah i think we need to listen to the first 10 seconds of this right because obviously the hook that we play as part of the podcast you hear the chorus but actually the first the first you know 10 20 30 seconds of this mm. is completely gripping this is exactly if you were a sound engineer at a festival this is the kind of thing that you need to test the lower end let's listen to this 10 seconds of it That is such a big, big opener for somebody that we don't really know at this point, who we've seen on Stan. But actually, that bassline's chilling, and then the way that they manage that change whenever the guitars come in and the bassline kind of subtly disappears. Mm. That's that's actually such a strong production for a track that you think is a ballad and it's all about Dido, but really there's so much underneath it that is smart, smart, smart. Very, very good indeed. Contender for you? I think so. Yes, um, I'm really confused this week because I've done all of my prep in a car via YouTube <laughs> and via Safari with loads of different tabs. So... Um, yeah, now that I'm in a studio, because I'm in an actual studio, mm. uh, yeah, I feel like this is sitting up there. 
And obviously it's the number four, but we're still in that month where Atomic Kitten ruled. Yeah. So we have no number ones no, this week, do no. we? So speaking of Atomic Kitten, those three Scouse girls are climbing the top of the charts and these three Scouse lads are trying, but not quite there. This is BB Mac and Back Here. Until you're back My sister-in-law came in last week to the house and was like, what, what, what songs have you got next week? And uh, I was like, I'll see if I can open the spreadsheet on my phone. And then I was like, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. And she's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. And then for some reason, I thought that even though I haven't heard it in 20 years, I had a notion of what this BB Mac track was and I started to try sing it to her and she didn't <laughs> get it at all. And I was like, I must be completely wrong. And then when I pressed playing it, doing the prep, I was like, it is the one that I thought. I do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and oddly enough the first five seconds of it really starts like Darius colorblind if anybody remembers the Darius mm. how much lovers are in the room movement yeah there was <laughs> colorblind by Darius as a jam actually it's a really good track it is a great tune um, yeah but the first few seconds are pretty similar yeah I, I kind of find it amazing that this band exists because looking at them now they're actually quite big especially in America like they're quite they're still quite big in America and there's somebody I've never really come across oh really this is strange right and you know so these guys are like a boy band with guitars yeah and historically in the UK that doesn't work in the UK unless you are very specific so like you know your busters your McFlies mm. the closest I've ever experienced in the recent age of somebody being like these guys was Lawson oh yeah I... and Lawson have had more more singles but Lawson play instruments and they don't masquerade as a, a grungy pop band they are they're whatever comes out. They're, they're very big songwriters. Mm. They're very big producers and structurers. So this is kind of like, yeah, a lesser loss in back then. But everything about the brand of what they were doing was really Americanized. So yeah. the music video yeah. was very Americanized. Their harmonies and the production is very Americanized. The accents, um, the Scouse accent it, is not there at all, is it? It's just pure American? No. They don't even sound... So at the end of the video, right, they actually... And this is the bit of it I don't need. I don't need this part in my life where the video at the end fades out to them standing doing an acoustic bit. Mm. And then I don't need it to switch to that acoustic. And then all of a sudden, the Northern accents come on because they start speaking and like this. They don't sound very <laughs> Liverpoolian. But I'm like, that, that... You don't need to go, we've just done this. And you know what? Actually, we're Northern. <laughs> that... We don't need that in our lives. Like, looking back, that's actually pretty cringe. But lyrically, I think this is really nice. I think the bridge is really, really good. Their harmonies are spot on. I do think that they had the ability to be, like, big, big, big in America. Mm. I'm not sure if they've had a big enough powerhouse behind them in the early stages because I feel like they could have been bigger here. Or maybe they were, like, they stood up for themselves and challenged back. You know what I mean? And then they didn't get as much support because they made decisions and were allowed to make them. But overall, I think for a pop band that are allowed to play their guitars and have written stuff, I think it's quite good. Yeah, it's been an earworm since I heard it for the first time this week. It has The, the, the hook has been an earworm. It has stayed in my head. It's done that job. Um, yeah, I think it's simple but effective. What more is there really to say? What I will say, actually, is that they split up in 2003. One of them left the industry altogether and became a personal trainer. And then in 2018, a video of them performing it went viral. And they thought, oh, we'll get the band back together. Oh. So they've been back together for the last sort of two, three years. And um, 
imagine I'm, I'm kind of curious for the one that wasn't in the industry for 15 years to come back because from what I gather they went back to being kind of quite big again in America oh, right. so they've been doing shows across the states um, and yeah imagine 15 years out of music and then going back and just immediately just having to just get back into it and get back in that lifestyle it just must be so <laughs> strange and surreal but it sounds like they made it work potentially standing beside your lads who are like skinned little twigs and then you're Hulk Hogan <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah very protein much so, shakes yeah, for yeah, breakfast <laughs> yeah let's get into the Backstreet Boys and their second single from the third album Black and Blue this is The Call This was the follow-up to Shape of My Heart from 2000 that got to number four. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognise this from the title. And then as soon as it kind of got to a bit of Spanish guitar, I felt larger than life vibes. But then that kind of confused me because I was like, is this is this larger than is this larger than life? Mm. It's strange now because actually, you know, we talk about the saturated female market. The bass in this is actually very similar to that female R&B market, which is strange because you don't usually get that vibe in tracks for boys at this point. Mm. And then there's actually a bit of a structure in it that reminds me of Jamelia as well. The point, the Jamelia track we've had so far. Yes. I, I can feel this. It's really weird with me. And I feel like I'm going to be really negative about it, and I don't want to be negative about the Backstreet Boys, but mm. it is very confusing. It it's so confusing. it's so confusing. There's so much going on. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to understand that this is a Max Martin and Rami production. It's one of those, you know, the pop music of this time was dominated by these guys, and it kind of reaches a point where it becomes a parody of itself. And I think this is the one where it happens. I think this is the one where the production techniques are all chucked in. All the usual sort of... We've said before that back in the day, you would get recycled beats because there wasn't a vast array of stuff like there is now, like sample packs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Things do sound similar to each other. This one, I feel, is a real parody of itself. To break down what's going on and just at any given time, you've got phone call conversations, you've got phone (laughs) effects, you've got... Latin guitar, castanets, vocal filtering, gospel harmonization, church bells, and of course all the big sort of like Max Martin bum 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 sounds, and the big tempo switch up at the end, and a key change. It's it's easy to see why you're confused, and I was very much the same. Out my my head was pounding. I already don't remember it. No, and that's so strange because I remember one little bit I've got lyrics here and I'm sitting thinking I can't even can I get back to them so I've written down that there is the relatability factor right so the gist is the song is a guy calling his girlfriend to say they wouldn't be home because he's actually cheating on her he's picked some other girl up in the club Mm. and actually you know there's a relatability line that says my battery is low so that's kind of like oh everybody can relate to the battery being low but hold on a second this is 2001 your phone was charged for like three weeks Yeah, you know your battery didn't die who goes clubbing and doesn't charge a battery. Mm. You know, if his missus had seen him charge it two days ago, she would know that he was lying. So there's a, a bit of a weird thing with that, whereas now, you know, you charge an iPhone and it dies after a day. Yeah. But the basic, basic production for me is the best thing about it. Mm. You know, so the actual the actual bass is really smart. Weird construction. Yeah. It doesn't feel well considered at all. No. Really easily forgettable. Hard to engage with. And this actually, this is probably the bit that suits me the best because my nickname's Dirty McGurdy, but the basic production is actually how he's flatulence. So while they were recording him, <laughs> his gut made a noise through his throat <laughs> that Max Martin heard and managed to manipulate that to turn that into the bass. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just weird. Like everything about this is weird and it's a bit like a, really? Yeah. Really? 
quote from AJ of the group on on that particular thing. Max could turn a fart into a bass sound. That's pretty damn genius, if you ask me. Well, that's <laughs> that's testament to Max Martin that he can turn literally anything into something that's kind of pumping. Pumping. <laughs> Very good. Well done, Liam. So staying with a similar kind of Latin sound, well actually, let, let's face it, this is very, very Latin, and it's even got quite a Spanish name to boot, Debela Morgan, like Debra, but Debela, it's good that. Uh, this is Dance With Me. a hello goodbye because this is the first and the last that we're going to experience it does have a major familiar sound because of the kind of Latin infusion stuff in it as well and it's kind of this is my most unknown track today actually Mm. that doesn't light me up I know we've had other ones in series one that I didn't know and then like I just fell in love with it this one doesn't float me boat Mm. and I'm actually a bit concerned how did it get into the chart in the UK how did this get to number 10? What was going on? Was ever Did everybody just give up on releasing stuff because Atomic <laughs> Kitten were just owning everything? Did Backstreet Boys just go, oh, hold on a second, we're going to we're gonna release a really good one? Oh, no, 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 don't actually. These Atomic Girls are not going anywhere. Just chuck out the call. We'll yeah. probably get top 10, make us some money. Probably don't have to do much promo. You know, it'll, it'll save us some buck. Mm. But th- this, is, this is odd for me. And, you know, lyrically it's fine and vocally it's fine. Production's fine, but they don't go together. So the lyrics and vocals don't match what's going on in the actual song. It, it doesn't make sense. Do you not think? No. Like, I think, you know, if you were to take the acapella and go, right, we need to put something around this, what they've put around it does not make any sense to me whatsoever. So the track is a reworking of quite an iconic tango tune called Hernando's Hideaway, which sounds like this. Just knock three times and whisper low that you and I were sent by Joe. Then strike a match will know you're in Hernando's hideaway but it's got like a new middle section that also when you listen to it for a second time you realise it goes through the entire thing as well that sounds a bit like 45 King the 900 number which sounds like this So it has those two things, It certainly those things and the music video put you in mind of dancing, but I guess there's also the romantic stuff, which I guess for you doesn't quite gel. No, it's a bit weird. And the music video, right, it kind of looks like if you ever watched the opening scenes of Strictly. <laughs> right? I like Strictly when I'm watching the perfect, like when the, I'm watching the amateurs dance. I'm not really that into all of like the theatrics and stuff that they do at the start and all of the big sighting pieces this video is a bit like a strictly opener mm. for me but in a in a diner of some sort with this like weird dance floor it just everything about it just sits really wrong for me and i know i've been negative now two songs in a row but it's weird and i don't know are the samples transformative for me no just it all doesn't come together for me and i just don't know i, I think if we showed this track name and artist to anybody we wouldn't get anybody saying that's memorable we wouldn't remember who that was mm. i think if i just look at it and think of it from a quick perspective is this going to be my episode winner no, no, no. I think for me, I found it fun enough. You know, it's a nice way to interpret a classic. Yeah. She gets to show off a lot of vocal range. She projects very well. She puts a lot of force behind what she's saying. She keeps the spirit of tango alive. And I know <laughs> that I've been saying for a while now that, you know, we've been in lockdown for six months now. And I just want to go to a nightclub and dance. And um, this put, just, you know, it made that itch even itchier. Even if the track isn't amazing. 
I thought it was fine. It was good enough, and it made me want to dance. Good. So, yeah. You know when you've been tangled. <laughs> Let's start a new week. It's the week commencing the 25th of February 2001. This week was the week of the Brit Awards 2001. Ooh. Ooh. It was a big night for Robbie Williams. He got best single, best video for Rock DJ, best British male, and of course, uh, best lives rent-free in Scott McGuigan's head forever. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> Coldplay got best group and best album for Parachutes. Uh, other awards went to uh, Fatboy Slim, Sonique Westlife, Madonna, Eminem, U2, and Khalees. There's another recipient who I'll tell you about later in the show because there's a bit of a juicy story behind it. Uh, elsewhere, the launch of the iconic BBC sitcom Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps, Yay! which is on iPlayer, and I've been watching for the last few days and just loving it. It's so dirty. It's so non-PC. <laughs> it's a complete kind of out of my comfort zone sort of thing, but I've always really liked it, and it's well worth checking it again just to to refresh your mind because it's very funny elsewhere also uh daft punk released discovery that brilliant brilliant album that had one more time on it and it was the final week of atomic kittens reign at number one with hole again it was pushed close though by this from outcast this is miss jackson i'm sorry miss jackson This actually won a Grammy for the best rap performance for duo or group and it's pretty much a song about Benjamin from the band's relationship with Erica Badu and her mother mm. and when they kind of fed back Erica was a bit torn but her mum loved it so much that she actually went and bought herself a Miss Jackson number plate <laughs> and all of the merchandise how cool is the mum how cool is the mum yeah it's, it's, it's great that she took it you know, in, in good spirits and good charm, because I mean, this the story is kind of Andre three thousand talking about his relationship with Erica Badu, as you've said, the fact they had a child together out of wedlock. This is his way of kind of apologising for maybe not being the best part of the relationship, maybe not being too great. And if you're going to do it, you may as well make a song out of it, and you may as well make it in typical outcast fashion. Um, bloody brilliant, because this is an absolute. <laughs> classic for me this is a proper proper jam my outcast memories as a child obviously start with here you are but i remember seeing this on the music channels around the same sort of time and going oh my god outcast have got a new song not realizing that this you know predated here you are by a good three years that also happened for me when i saw green day american idiot on the channels and i thought oh there's a new band called green day no nope, <laughs> wrong when i saw usher yeah i was like oh my god there's a new guy called usher and he's got a song called yeah no wrong not new and um faithless my Destruction. That was the first Faithless song I ever heard or saw. Wow, and I thought, oh, there's a new group called Faithless, not realising <laughs> just how much of a massive, massive back catalogue they also have. So yeah, my, it, I'm, I'm glad this series exists because I am getting to learn a lot about tracks that I thought were like debuts uh, and stuff, but really, really aren't. Uh, uh, um, so yeah, but I, I, I've, I've known of this for, let's say, what, a good 15 years and it's always been a real classic for me. The Outcast flow, always brilliant, always just so unique and so unexpected. And I've said before about Craig David how he uses his tongue and every member of Outcast does weird tongue techniques production wise I'm sure we'll get into it but there's just so much going on I can't I just can't 
prophesize enough for how much I love this. Are you are you the same, Scott? This is such a weird starting to the track because it's got like reverse and pull-ups and stuff in it. Mm. This for me is my first intro juice of the week. Yes, yes. It, it sounds different to any other intro juice. So most intro juice tracks that I love either have like a really sexy piece of bass or they're really heavily mastered or something. So there's a lot going on and it's large. Uh, this is just completely different. Yeah. So um, this for me. And I actually thought when I was like listening to this, I'd really love to hear Eminem sing this and see how he flows out mm. which is dead odd because there's some elements of it where I'm like I can hear the flow being really similar in places to Eminem production wise the bass is perfect Yeah, the reverse is perfect the piano is perfect it's dead strange to get so many perfect elements in a track mm, mm. so and you can you can tell how good this was at the time right because you know I've talked about messing up lyrics to Papa Roach and just like mouthing it and must have actually looked like a complete idiot I must have known that at the time because with Outcast Miss Jackson I wouldn't do that I would only sing the bits that I knew and wouldn't fake mouth anything because they were so cool I did not want to be seen getting the lyrics mm, remotely mm, wrong to mm. Outcast so this just out of nowhere just became and put Outcast as the epitome of cool and like it was a new cool yeah. it was dead dead strange yeah. but kind of changed everything a little bit yeah one of my favourite parts of the production that I only realised listening to it like as part of this is there's a really subtle bit of da 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 as part of the production towards the end It's just kind of slipped in there and you wouldn't notice it if you're not really paying attention, but it's so it's so clever and you can tell that they put so much effort into the production and I've seen them talk about how it was put together. I mean, it started as an acoustic track, but they realised they wanted to kind of develop it into something a bit more, well, they say, into something people could understand a little bit more, which is, like, I, I, you know, it's a way of making it more accessible, making it more than just a like a guitar sort of thing. There's so many different layers that I love and I, I, I listen to it a lot of times and I'm, I'm kind of tune my ears to each one each time and um, there's just so much I mean you, you mentioned the reverse effect that it has they literally just got a track across the entire thing and put it in reverse so there's, <laughs> there's an entire track underneath the track played backwards which makes it feel you know it gives that more unusual feel that the track has it just adds to it yeah I just I, I, I just I, I, th- th- this could change things this really could change things I said to my wife last week when I saw it coming I bet you Liam changes and this is his mm. new series winner which is quite odd I was kind of devastated a bit though because I don't know why I was surprised because obviously it's like hip hop I only learned out today learned out that's not even English I only learned today yeah. that this is a sample I didn't realise and I don't know why I'm surprised because the whole point of hip hop is sampling mm. but have a listen to this so this is the Brothers Johnson Strawberry Letter 23 And then that was sampled and brought as Outcast, Miss Jackson. Here's something harsh. I like the original slightly better. Oh. Isn't that weird? Like, I, I love Outcast, Miss Jackson. I think it's brilliant. But I think that it's actually really, it's really playing with me at the moment where I do like that, that just tiny little sample from the start. I prefer the original sample. Mm. And I don't know whether that's because I'm like, I'm, I'm probably geeky as opposed to cool at this age. But yeah, it, it's a bit odd. I still think there's power in the song, right? So the breakdown, most people to this day know the words to the breakdown. Yeah. They they know it. Um, and also, if you go and you say forever in a high-pitched voice, forever, forever, ever, forever, ever, ever, forever, ever, exactly. forever and ever. So yeah. that is timeless. And that is, again, we're back to social impact and if it's having an impact. So again, for me, forever, ever, that has lived forever mm. in many mm. respects. I've got to think about, you know, we've done the, we've done Say My Name as 
being an empowering track and we're looking at the you know looking at the the subculture and society that that impacts really and this puts me in a weird place whenever you put miss jackson beside love don't cost a thing oh god imagine yeah. if we both changed gosh yeah that would be yeah. interesting video wise you'll love it there's dogs in it so i'm assuming yeah. you just got completely over the <laughs> like love the dog there's ex-mother-in-laws because the song's also about the tensions that can be caused by a mother-in-law mm. um, of the broken-hearted daughter whenever you break up so there's mother-in-laws in the video there's burning houses there's storms but video wise there was nothing like it on the music channels nope. at the time. Nope. So sitting watching it was just, and it's still, it's still interesting to this day. You know, they've, I, I, I didn't realize how big this song still was all these years later. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Question for you, Scott. Uh-huh. As somebody who's been around, uh, around the block, and obviously has been very happily married for a good eleven years now, mm-hmm. um, but. This is your chance now to to follow the suit of Miss Jackson. Are there any baby mamas mamas you want to say sorry to right now? Do you know what? No. I met my wife when I was 19. Mm. So my my seriousness of relationships before that were pretty minimal. Mm. I've probably got to say sorry to like sisters or something because where I came from, you know, there was a limited number of access of girls. <laughs> so, you know, I have gone out with <laughs> one girl, broken up with her, and then like maybe six months later, I'm going out with her sister. Ouch. But that was kind of normal in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre hillbilly kind of way where I come from but yeah um, and then whenever the third sister asked me out whenever I'd broken up with the other two it was like no sorry it was odd aye mm-hmm. <laughs> weird right this one I feel could be another one that Scott's gonna change for I just know how much he loved Gotta Tell You and Body to Body this this one, you know, he's, he's, he's skipped over her twice. Could this be third time lucky for Samantha Mumba? Always come back to your love. the third single from I Gotta Tell You this is actually her third number one in Ireland as well so you know I do come from a, a, an environment where we have a lot of crossover musically with the Republic of Ireland mm-hmm. and Great Britain it was produced by Stargate and if you listen to like the first few seconds of it right actually if you listen to the first 25 seconds listen to a little bit of it at least Could be Destiny's Child at this point. Yeah, 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 oh, very much so, yeah, really, really much so, yeah. And as you kind of get into it, and if you watch the video, actually, the video looks like a little milder version of the set of Say My Name. So mm. you know, you've got Samantha, again, being pitched here as like a, an all-global star, really. So uh, this is a an intro, intro just for me. It is very, very juicy. The intro for me was kind of like a dark child version of the police every breath you take and i guess in turn also faith evans uh, i'll be missing you personally i could do without the ad-libs because this track is basically i mean i can't believe the ad-lib person didn't get a feature and credit for this because there's so many of them in the track i could do without the check it i really could and all that kind of crap for me gotta tell you i feel like i was quite cold when we first spoke about it i feel like i didn't give it the credit that it probably deserved but over time, it's kind of grown on me and I do realise how genius it is. I think that one was more subtle. This one is kind of more, you can see the elements 
more blatantly. Do you find that that's the case? I found that this one was kind of less of, le- le- yeah, more, more obvious, less subtle. It does sound big, though. I think it does sound big. Um, I do think what we're getting is we're getting a slightly different tone to Samantha as well because we have discussed historically about how they do put her. Very, she's very low. She's got a very low tone. Yeah. And what we do is we get we get a key change out of her, which she pulls mm. off really, really well. For somebody yeah. to go the way that she goes with the key change, whenever actually her natural singing voice is way much lower, she she smashes it. I do understand what you mean with the ad libbing or the ad libbing. That's the ad libbing though that I wanted in the All Saints song. You know that I said in the All Saints one, the production of the ad lib was just crap. Mm. This is they've put the correct production on it, but it could do without it. But it might have been really useful for Samantha to kind of break an American market. But yeah. Yeah, it might have just been a little bit, bit overdone. But breakdown, great. Key change, great. Mm-hmm. Her lower register is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's kind of romantic. You know, no matter if I go left or right, I'll always come back to your love. Yeah, it's it's sweet. It's a sweet track. Yeah, it's a really good pop song. It is sweet. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's a, it's an interesting track for that time. And I would love to hear if somebody tried to... You know, she came back in... Was it like 2008, 2009? I think like the Clubland channels mm. did a remix of one of her tracks. It was... Don't want to love you with you. So it's, it's good to see people play about with this stuff because I think she's totally underrated. Yeah. And, you know, I think maybe there's a limited amount of people in Ireland that can buy her song because of the population mm. so you did need to start looking at other markets and it might have been the thing that fizzled but yeah I do like this track a lot so we mentioned there's going to be a farewell this week and it is unfortunately for Mel B of the Spice Girls this peaked at number 5 but the album it came from was only 28 which is not, not great for a former Spice Girl let's send her off in style this is her final track that got in the top 10 of the charts this is Feels So Good another intro just for me isn't it <laughs> I love yeah. this song because it's so good this is the second single off the debut solo album Hot the bass line in this is just pumping the whole way through I love the ups and downs the mm-hmm. pace of it moves around yeah. I think it's really good yeah me too my, my big note is yeah pacey and I think it was a smart move to go in with like you say the intro which is definitely juicy but then the first thing you get after that is the hook and it's such a big feel good moment it has that pace i guess when it comes to the verses that's where i kind of lost my interest because her voice it sounded really unremarkable because it was almost too low and i know she can go low but i think it was so low that you couldn't really hear anything stand out about it it didn't it just didn't sound right it kind of it gets it gets better as it creeps up yeah but yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure i think this showcases the discussion we've had historically about you know in this day and age girl bands are chucked together so that they can all have future solo careers and actually you know back in the 90s and the noughties they were put together for harmonies and it does show and it makes you draw attention to where Mel was in the mix in the Spice Girls Mm. so if you think and if you know Viva Forever you'll be really aware of her like lower I think does she do the so she does the really deep stuff that's actually really chilling Mm. and you kind of see that but you know I think at the time I remember like all Spice Girls got slated for not being able to sing and I think this just shows you actually he's wrong (laughs) she can do it and she can do it really really well but yeah the the lower end is always harder to get through in the mix and actually we've just done Samantha Mumba Mm. Samantha is very much you know that same that, like the same level maybe Samantha's production maybe maybe Samantha's range is written on purpose to be different to showcase her maybe they write uh, they've written too much range into Mel that's actually 
put her down a little bit but mm. I don't I don't I wouldn't even say I necessarily agree with her lower bits I think she's great I'm just trying to justify what you've said yeah. um, I think she's got a brilliant vocal I think I've written down works well low to high I really enjoy the backing of it I think the backing's really really good which I, I'm kind of convinced might actually still be her and I think the bridge is really really good but I think like her flow is really interesting. Mm-hmm. She looks amazing in the video because, you know, she straightened her hair. So people were like, oh, she's not as scary when she hasn't got her curly hair. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's just a jam. And if this came on on my Spotify, which it has done recently a few times, um, I keep it on and I'm now turned up too. So Mel B, well done from me. Okay, we mentioned the Brit Awards earlier. There's one act I didn't mention because there's a story attached. So A1 on the night picked up Best Breakthrough Act and it's safe to say that someone wasn't best pleased because later in the night, Noel Gallagher presented U2 with the award for Outstanding Contribution and he said, This award ceremony over the years has been accused of not having a sense of humour but when you see A1 winning Best Newcomer, you know that someone's taken the piss somewhere. Ooh. But... What does Noel know? Because this week he came out as an anti-masker. He thinks he shouldn't wear masks, so we don't take his opinion seriously. We do talk about A1 and their track, No More. We're back to the whole thing where I've said before the Gallagher sometimes just need a hug. It's the wrong time to do it. Actually, no, I couldn't even say it. I was going to say, maybe it is the time to give him a hug. <laughs> yeah, don't no, give a Gallagher isn't. a hug, please. No. Please do not give the Gallagher a hug. But I didn't think I was going to remember this. And then as soon as the first beat came in, it all came flooding back. So this is the follow-up to Same Old Brand New You, mm-hmm. the third single from the second studio album, The A-List. And because it's the third single off an album, we're starting to get into the slippery territory where mm. it's difficult to get a good third. It's even harder to get a good fourth. And, you know, we did get a good fifth out of Atomic Kitten who are currently still number one at this point but this is kind of the most grungy A1 vibe so far because there is like a bit of grungy guitar in it you've got an R&B bass line which we're not really that used to with them Mm -hmm. Um, and we've got strings as well so actually it's gathering a lot of interesting points in the song yeah this uh, single version was remixed by Cut Father and Joe it's got a bit more of a punch to it than the, than the album version does sonically and thematically and as you say it's a similar kind of grunge to the, the track that it followed when we spoke to our brand new best mate uh, Mark Reed from the band he <laughs> said he wasn't he wasn't convinced by the selection of this one as the follow up I guess it can go either way doesn't it you can either stay on the same tack because you've clearly hit a formula that works or you show what else you can do what, what, what what's your thoughts on it now that we're talking about the track do you think they made the right call going with a track that's sonically quite similar or do you think they should have gone in a different route? What, what's your thoughts, Scott? For me personally, I like the fact that they've gone this route. Mm. But at the same time, I wasn't the one that was going to go out and buy the single. No. So you, I think Mark's potentially right in the fact that, you know, you do need another ballad. But it depends what's going on in the market as well, really. So, you know, they're in a, they're in a chart here with BB Mac. Which one would have performed better had they come out with a ballad? Mm. This might have been the best in the scenario, but... I think maybe a ballad could have worked because I'm making a massive stereotypical stereotypical judgment here. I think they're more likely to get seals out of girls and the girls might have just been ready for a ballad mm. after same old brand new you. I think the production in this is really strong. Yeah. Love the strings yeah. vocally. I think it's great. Lyrically, it's relatable. It's about a girl who can't make up her mind about who to be with. And I really enjoy the video, right? Mm. The video has officially... 
officially got the best synchronized ab sale and down a wall by a boy band in the year 2000 <laughs> that I've or the year 2001 that I've ever seen <laughs> yeah that's official that's, that's, that's fair official. that's fair that's official you've got speedboats and slut drops and you've got some martial arts <laughs> it's the 2001 version of boats and hose if you know yeah. what that's about and their sunglasses all look like they've been custom designed by Victoria Beckham so what is not to like about this no I know um, if well, we, we don't give the episodes names obviously but if we did it would be speedboats and slut drops <laughs> uh, that was my nickname at university <laughs> in all fairness I was watching the video thinking you know if they did have to do this routine now you know I, I want to kind of look back closer at some of the big reunion material to see if they did this track and if they did do the slut drops because you know <laughs> I think you know you know when you're on it you know when you're young and you're drunk and you think a slut drop's a good idea and actually you fall over yeah. I feel like you know they're probably in their mid-30s maybe whenever you're in your mid-30s and you're sober that's the equivalent of being drunken 19 trying it you know there's a really good chance that they would go wrong and you'd need to have the focus it's a bit like making Mel C do the back flip from wannabe mm. I don't know would, would she pull that off yeah. I don't know we'll see my um, my slut dropping days are behind me um, I haven't done one for probably close to four years now <laughs> That was a I, good um, day. The one and only. It was. That was a great day. I. It was just before Christmas. I was out with some friends. I was in. Uh, oh, what's the horrible club in Newcastle called? Um, <laughs> it's next to the gate. Sinners. I was in Sinners. Sinners. Yeah. And um, we were having a good time. For whatever reason, I had allowed my friend Beckett to put lipstick on my face, so I had a full face of makeup basically, and um, I did a slut drop. Uh, after quite a few Vimto and vodkas, and yeah, the trousers just went out the out the ass. <laughs> and that I love was it. that was the, that was the start of the night. So we still got that was like the pre-drinks before we go to the actual club. Mm-hmm. And I spent the entire night with lipstick on my face and my ass hanging out. And I haven't done a slut drop since. <laughs> oh, I do them about four times a day. So being a parent and having a kid is holding the kid then dropping stuff on the floor and having to pick it up without tipping them over mm. so you slut drop down for things so I can get Flopsy the bunny off the floor in one foil swoop dummies and water bottles as well apart from the other day after he'd had nine ounces of milk I'd done so many slut drops that day I was a bit like oh I'm just going to tip forward so I tipped forward and while he was upside down he booked all his milk out over me oh. while we were both upside down I should have just dropped I should have just dropped yeah but have, have you have all your pairs of trousers stayed intact because mine just went straight out wumph gone I, I, I just you've probably experienced it no matter what pair of jeans I buy the crotch goes eventually and oh, yeah. the ones I've got now are my super dryer they're, they're, they're thinning out a little bit mm. so someone's going to get a very good surprise I just need to now make sure that my, my post lockdown boxer short game isn't as frayed yeah. as the jeans <laughs> in case somebody gets an extra extra surprise <laughs> I know I, recently I was we've, we've gone off topic here but let's let's stay there I was walking around for probably a few weeks with jeans that basically had a bollock hole <laughs> like a, a, <laughs> it, was, it was just it was the right shape and size it could have happened um, yeah extra thank god small. for boxer shorts eh? um, back to A1 um, if if you know, just very briefly um, the video was filmed in Singapore which was a nice way of giving back because as we've acknowledged before they're absolutely huge yes. uh, in the continent of Asia so this was them kind of giving back and it's funny the comments are all saying just look at how much Singapore's changed in the 20 years since this video was filmed because the S- Singapore landscape has just been totally transformed you know by by new buildings and new commerce and that kind of thing so yeah very strange but um i i like this i, I i'd certainly personally as someone who's not a ballad fan particularly i'd always prefer something like this over a ballad yes and they've pulled this off they've pulled this off really well as a sequel in my mind to say more brand new you with those max martin vibes uh it's grand yeah i'm excited for the next 
a one track caught in the middle mm, which is yeah. actually is it the goodbye that's caught in the middle of the goodbye it is yeah it's the final one we do but it's still a long way away but it is a, a one no more it's not a caught in the middle it's not a same old brand new you it was controversial about whether it should have existed or we should have ballad but you know a number six good for them really good before we get into this week's decisions, I'll let you know that this month, February 2001, was absolutely chocker. So, we've got our first bonus episode, TNNX, of this series coming out on Monday, which will feature Ash, Shining Light, Fun Loving Criminals, Loco, Joe, Stutter, Dane, Shut Up and Forget About It, and Stuntmasters, The Lady Boys Mine. All tracks that were in the charts in February 2001, but didn't quite make the cut, just because there's just so much. So tune in on Monday for that. Let's get into the big decisions of the week. So we've got through quite a big week. No number ones this week, Scott, but that doesn't really necessarily mean the quality of the songs is any less than usual. Difficult for you this week, do you reckon? I'm finding it really hard because there's a couple of things that I want to kind of squeeze in that I'm, I'm just going to have to be realistic about it and not squeeze them in. So I do think that it's really hard. There's a few... Oh, yeah... I, I think I've got a final three, but I kind of want a final five, but I would love a final six. You know what I mean? I can't get <laughs> things down. So this is just like, this is just a hard start, to be fair. Right then, let's get to it. Give me your contenders and then your episode winner, please, Scott. Okay, um, I'm going to start with ruling things out. The boy bands aren't going to make it. I'm excited for A1 Caught in the Middle, and I do think No More is good. Still a bit devastated by Backstreet Boys, really, just structure-wise. I think it's a, if you get it, you get it. But, right, so... Uh, my th- my third my third track that's in the, well my 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 number three in the pot is gonna be Jakarta American Dream. Which has just been pipped to second position in theory, just a little bit, by the amazing, talented, and as one of my friends posted uh, on Instagram the other day when he saw it, he put Dido's a ride. <laughs> Dido here with me. Which means my episode winner this week is going to be the legendary. C-A-F outcast Ms. Jackson I'm sorry Ms. Jackson Ooh, I am for real Never meant to make your daughter cry I apologize a trillion times Ooh Ooh Okay Righty-ho then So this is difficult Yeah I feel like uh, weight's been lifted off my shoulder because I'm done Liam, watch your contenders pot and watch your episode winner You're not done just yet because I think there's an even bigger choice to make for you now <laughs> My yeah. contenders I think we've got the same, actually. Aye, we do. We do. We've got the same. In the same order. Yeah. So just to refresh, Jakarta, American Dream. I am also going Dido here with me. And my episode winner is also, <laughs> we keep doing this, we're, we're, we're coming too similar. This uh, is my outcast, Miss Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a trillion times. 
Oh, have we destroyed this podcast after one series where we just morphed into the same person? Uh, yeah, I think for for ages we were so different, and now we've just we're just entwined as one thing. Um, <laughs> You're gonna be watching White Chicks and loving it before you know it. <laughs> let's let's let, let's not go that far. Let's not get ahead of ourselves too much. Uh, so. It's decision time for our series winner. Scott, you've had JLo for a few weeks now. Is it time to ditch for Outcast? Or are you going to stick around with JLo? Let's find out. I feel like I'm going in with strategy right now for this one because I kind of have predictions as to what could happen elsewhere within the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of I'm thinking now of social impact, right? I think if you put JLo on the TV right now, everybody would go, that's Jennifer Lopez. If you played some Jennifer Lopez's songs, they'd go, that was a JLo track. As much as I think Outkast is way cooler, I think if you put them all on the TV, not in a music video, you wouldn't know who Outkast was. Like the under 20s might know who they are. They would know hooks of Hey Ya and stuff like that. Uh, uh, And while I would love to have them as my series winner because I think that they could go on, I'm sticking with social impact for the girls of JLo because of the message in the song. The grandeur of JLo just being like an absolute sass queen. It's JLo, love don't cost a thing, stays on. Okay, mm. right. But like I said, there's a strategy. There's a strategy. Yeah. There's a strategy. You've said strategy, and I've opened up the list of things coming up. I'm looking forward <laughs> to other things. I'm thinking, what if 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 I do this? If I do that? What could what could that mean? Well, you're looking ahead, ahead. I haven't done that. I, I'm looking at future weeks just to kind of just oh, okay. quickly glance okay. over and think about if I stay, if I change. Oh. I will. I will say as much as the thought of changing has crossed my mind more than some other weeks. So right, this will be interesting. So Liam, series winner, you've got a little bit of outcast Ms. Jackson versus Daft Punk one more time. Here, let's do it. I can see him. He's actually smacking his chin and looking up. <laughs> Looks like a bobblehead dummy. <laughs> wobble wobble. I've got my I've got my Pikachu onesie on as well, so I'm like <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> Pika can't make a decision this week. Daft Punk. I think since I picked it, every week I've gone. Why'd you do that? What you know? You had the chance to take Pure Shores back, and you didn't, which surely means that Daft Punk. Given the acclaim that I gave All Saints back at the time, surely that mean, that must mean Daft Punk's going to win the whole thing. He's going to last for, like, the next nine years. But then you've heard me go off on one about how much I love Outcast today. I need to make a choice really quickly. I am going to... <laughs> Scott's got his hands over his eyes. He can't watch. I do, don't I? I do. <sighs> My instinct all week has been to change. But now that I'm in the moment, it's so much harder than I thought. I'm going to change. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change. Say the words. Say the words. My bum is on your lips. My, Say the words. <laughs> My new series winner is Outcast Miss Jackson. <sighs> Ooh. Do you remember I said the word strategy? Mm. My strategy was only to this moment, hoping that you would choose Outcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look at any spreadsheets. I've not gone forward. Your strategy. <laughs> Your strategy, your your strategy was purely so that you could keep JLo and still have someone recognise Outcast that kind wasn't of, you. Yeah, that was actually it. Because I do oh. think I do think that they're both deserving, but I do think there's going to be a bigger curveball that will make me swerve off JLo. Mm. You know, there, there's there's got to be something coming where I'm like, 
you know, I want a jam to be so big a jam, even if it hasn't got political messages and it is just a party track or something. Mm. I need a party track that just makes me go, well done, Jayla and stuff like that. But <laughs> bye, Felicia. You know, there is it a, needs to be that big a deal. There is a pint-sized Australian lady returning very shortly with her biggest hit of all time, probably. Ooh. So, so is it the boob tape one? It very much is the boob tape one. Yeah, I mean, it's, ah, it's, it's yeah. got a proper name, and it's 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 ah. more than just boob tape. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a Kathy Dennis. It is. Wow. Okay. Oh, what have I done? Change, what have I done? change, change. I know I'm going to get stick for this one. I know I'm going to get pelters for this one, but I'm going to have to live with it. I'm going to have to live with it. Well done. Oh, Hard decision. And I didn't, you know, I didn't not choose Outcast and think that it's a better song than Jayla. I think they're just very different and it is a harder mm, decision. Mm-hmm, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well done. Right. Do we need to move on from this just so that we like give ourselves a break? Because I think we've we've literally fried the processes in her. Yeah, in I think we very much should. Uh, now the choice becomes yours. Maybe you'll pick Outcast. Maybe you'll pick one of the other tracks we've seen I'm, I'm so fried my head's so mashed up uh, the listeners choice poll is going to go live this weekend on our twitter page at naughty zero zero pod last week wheatus were the clear winners with 64.2 mm-hmm. percent uh, with some support from wheatus themselves i must add yeah. top loader and uh, atomic kitten uh, and and papa roach all missed out papa roach was last yeah. out of all of them weird even um, though we both picked it absolutely and what i would love to know is i would love to know from you is across the weeks as well if you have a perception and you've got a favorite before you hear the analysis and the chatter and do you change your mind as we chat because obviously we're the same you know i saw hole again coming and i thought it's going to be hole again and then it just wasn't mm. you know so mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. playing with us are you, are you doing it that way do your opinions change we would love to hear from you so naughty zero zero pod on twitter t and n pod on facebook and instagram and naughty zero zero pod at gmail.com for your emails and your voice notes you can check them all out in socials if you don't remember anything i've just said but this is important please leave us a five star rating on apple podcasts and suggest this podcast to a music loving mate and and tip you can tip us maybe we'll maybe do this in only fans in the future <laughs> <laughs> if we must next time on the naughtiest note we've got podcast debuts for nelly Furtado, d12 and gorillas plus another westlife cover the epic collaboration of two latin megastars ricky and christina and Shaggy and Rick Rock are caught red-handed, <laughs> banging on the bathroom floor. You know what it is. Ah, those yeah. tiles. Oh, filthy, mm-hmm. filthy. Mm-hmm.